Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. As a dermatologist, I love ear disease. I just think using the video otoscopy unit and swabbing ears for cytology can be so fascinating and rewarding. I just see such a big difference that we can make in these pets by controlling their otitis. But one thing I often do see overlooked is evaluating the pinna. When we talk about an ear exam and how an ear exam is really a part of a complete dermatologic examination, this includes doing things like palpating the cartilage of the ear, because if there's a completely calcified ear, you know, we want to set up the owner's expectation that we're not going to be able to reverse that. And in some severe cases, they really just need to go get a total ear canal ablation at that point um, for quality of life. But the other thing besides palpating the cartilage is going up and palpating the pinna and really examining the pinna. The pinna is absolutely a part of the ear, obviously, so we want to include it in the examination. You know, we see things obviously like oral hematomas, and that's something that you guys are seeing a lot in general practice. But we can catch these when they're pretty small and prevent them from getting really large if we do examine that pinna and really palpate it for any pockets of fluid. But even if we take away oral hematomas, which are probably the main thing people think of with pinnal disease, there's lots of other things that we can pick up on by not excluding the pinna and really helping these pets. So for example, I've had several cases where they'll come in for head shaking or scratching their ears and I'll look down their ear canal and I'll think the ear canal looks pretty darn good. Like I'll collect cytology just in case I'm missing something and I won't really find much infection there. And then all of a sudden when I look at the pinna, it's red or scaly or the pet's uncomfortable. And I've collected direct impression smears just from the pinna, just like I would anywhere else. You know, if you're a taper, you could tape this area too. And I have found gobs of bacteria or gobs of yeast, even though the ear canal itself is just fine. They have pinnal infection that's causing them to be very uncomfortable. So if you feel like the pinna, even if the ear canals themselves have infection, just don't forget to look because sometimes the infections are different. I have been able to, um, you know, if it's a mild infection on the pinna, I've been able to tell the owner as well, just take the ear medication we're using in the canals and put a little bit on a cotton ball and, and rub it on the pinna. You do have to be a little bit careful doing something like that long term if the topical does have a steroid in it. Some of these topical steroids are quite potent in commercial ear products. And if you use that too regularly long term, you can get things like epidermal atrophy because the skin on the pinna can be, you know, on the thinner side. So just be cautious of that. Usually short term, it's fine. Um, But sometimes we can use topicals for that. But I have had some pretty bad cases where the pin is really thickened or the, you know, the pet's not going to really allow the owner to do topical therapy. 
And we've used systemic therapy like, a you know, systemic azole on really bad uh, malassezia cases. And it has made a world of a difference in some of these cases. So make sure you recognize that the pinna is skin. It's part of the year. We have to address it and we have to treat it if there's infection there. And I've had this happen with allergies or even endocrinopathies, um, certain autoimmune diseases, you know, they can flare like pemphigus can flare on the ears, especially in cats. That's one of the main areas we look at. So we'll do a lot of sampling from the pinna itself in those situations. Besides just our regular infections, obviously you can get things like vasculitis. And I've seen pets really shake their head associated with their vasculitis. Um, Sometimes we're managing pets for years for things like allergies. And then all of a sudden something different comes up and they've developed a vasculitis separately that we can't ignore. So that's why looking at the pin itself, if you notice alopecia and scaling, especially around the ear margins, um, maybe something new has popped up. Uh, You can also get secondary issues with the pinna just from the head shaking itself. So if they shake their head a lot, um, I had a patient recently where it almost looked like he was a young bloodhound and it almost looked like he was developing vasculitis on his ear tips. And when we actually did a cytology, there was a ton of infection there. And he also had a bad malassezia otitis. When we had did nothing else but just address those two infections and start a diet trial because we were concerned the pet had food allergies, that area actually cleared up. So though it kind of looked like vasculitis, we think it was just trauma from him having such like long pinna, because it's a bloodhound, that when he was kind of shaking his head from his ear infection, you know, he was almost causing um, that area to become traumatized and um, get little areas of alopecia and scaling that looked like vasculitis. But just by treating the infection, they completely resolved and that pet ended up being food allergic. Um, other things that you can pick up on the pinna urticaria. So especially when you get these breeds that are short coated, if they're going to have urticarial reactions, sometimes you can easily pick them up on their stomach or their trunk, but their pinna can be a really telltale sign, especially that concave portion of the pinna can show us, um, urticaria really obviously. And you can do your dioscopy, which is taking a microscope slide and pushing it against um, the lesion. And if it blanches, which means it turns white, then that's usually more of a sign of something like, you know, just inflammation secondary to allergies or infection. But if it doesn't blanch, it could be more like true um, vasculitis or urticarial disease. So finding urticaria in these cases where we are worried about true allergic reactions can be really helpful when you're examining the pinna. The other thing that sometimes um, is is very pathognomonic if you see this clinical presentation, but if you have a, a boxer that has a big ulcer or a big granuloma at on the pinna, especially like the base of the pinna, um, that is mycobacterium. That's leprate granuloma until proven otherwise. That is a form of mycobacterium that we mostly see in boxers and it always seems to affect their pinnal region. So that's one where you want to be really aggressive with things like your diagnostics, you know, mycobacterium culture, potentially a biopsy. So when you start to put all of these pieces together, all the different diseases that can pop up with the pinnal disease, but honestly, just the fact, like I started with talking about the fact that you can get secondary malassezia and secondary pyoderma associated with 
things we see commonly like allergies on the pinna, it becomes more and more important to make sure that we're really evaluating the ear as a whole package. So again, when I start looking at an ear canal, I'm going to palpate them first, palpate the um, canals themselves, the vertical and horizontal canal to assure they're symmetrical. Is one calcified? You know, are they really swollen? But when I palpate them, they're not actually calcified. Then I'm going to palpate the pinna. I'm going to flip over the pinna on the concave portion, look for any abnormalities in those areas. And then I'm going to take my, you know, look at the entrance of the ear canal. Then I'm going to take my otoscope and then I'm going to make my way down. So that's kind of... as you get good at this, you'll get fast at it. It sounds really time consuming when I'm explaining it, but it's something that can go quite quickly. And it just is amazing how much of a difference you can make in these pets by not ignoring that ear flap. So pinna equals part of the ear. So whether it's infection, you know, allergies, urticaria, vasculitis, mycobacterium, like these are things that we want to be catching um, because derm disease is often, you know, multifactorial. There's lots of different diseases that can happen in the same patient. There's lots of secondary issues that can happen like infection. And we owe it to our patients and to our clients to make sure that we're being complete and picking up on these diseases. So I hope you guys find that helpful. It's something I've had lots of questions about and a few cases come in recently um, where we, it's amazing what we have found on the pinna just with our normal run-of-the-mill direct impression smear cytology. So until next time, um, just thank you again. As always, I have to end an episode saying thank you for your support. Just keep leaving those reviews. It's it's just really meant the world and very excited for the things to come for the derm vet.